Here comes a week 11 edition of Between the Horns. And whether you're watching live on social and digital channels or listening to our podcast, we're so glad you are with us. I'm JB Long, and she is team reporter Serena Morales. And my Rams radio partners, Maurice Jones, Drew, and DeMarco Farr are with us as well. Good morning, everyone. Zappinin. He's like flexing on us already. Come on. Ah, <laughs> there's two of me. There's two of me. <laughs> Good morning. And as you... As you know, the Rams are getting set for their final East Coast road trip of the regular season as they take on the 7-3 and Tampa Bay Buccaneers Monday Night Football. Before we get to that matchup, let's take a look back at a huge Week 10 win against the Seahawks that now has the Rams in a three-way tie atop the division with the Cardinals and Seahawks. And Serena, you get the feeling this one's going to be a fight to the finish. For sure. It's going to be an exciting second half stretch. Um, but I'll lead with this, right, because this is becoming the theme here. The defense, they balled out once again. They shut down uh, MVP candidate Russell Wilson in a very potent Seattle offense. DeMarco, because you're already flexing, I'll start yeah. with you. Has the new uh, defensive coordinator Brandon Staley's defense kind of exceeded everyone's expectations? I think so. I mean, when Wade Phillips walked out of the building, everyone was a little bit nervous. And then you thought about the hire, another young coach, a young defensive coordinator. We didn't know how this was going to go. But I've been very impressed with Brandon Staley and how he's kind of implemented his defense, how he gets everybody on the same page, how he keeps everyone hungry. There's a lot of good things about this defense, but it's made special by its special players. You're only allowed to do certain things because you have Jalen Ramsey out there shutting down a DK Metcalf or you have an unblockable uh, player in Aaron Donald. That really makes it go. But I like the other nine guys. They're always on the same page. They communicate well. I think Micah Kaiser does a great job with alignment, assignment, and adjustment. And I, th I think J.J. the third has been great with communicating the entire defense. So uh, you cast a wide blanket. Uh, you have some special players. They're allowed to be special. So, yeah. Uh, it, it's no shock that they're ranked this high or doing this well on defense. But I'll say this, Serena, Tom Brady could give a hoot what you're ranked. He's going to test you in every single way. And all he's going to see is the missed plays by Seattle and thinks I can hit those plays against the Rams defense. So whatever your numbers say, you're going to have to back them up big time this week. I believe, uh, you know, you named a bunch of names there, but they weren't necessarily the Aaron Donald and the Jalen Ramsey that on paper you're like, oh, I've got to watch out for this guy. I've got to watch out for that guy. Uh, Maurice, the guy that we've all been watching and we can't keep our eyes off of is Darius Williams. He's become the star. And Jalen Ramsey's like, put some respect on the name. How impressed have you been with this name? Well, I, I think it, it started uh, a couple years ago. Um, I want to say we were all in Hawaii and none of the Rams traveled down and Darius Williams and Kevin Peterson, they were the guys that kind of got the brunt of the reps throughout those last couple training camps or those preseason games. And you're starting to see that kind of work hand in hand. He's a very confident young man. But what I do love about him, and we've talked about it on the broadcast, is that he's in position a lot. But early in the season, he was he wouldn't put his foot in the ground and go make that play. He wouldn't jump that hitch route. He wouldn't jump the out route. Where now I think he's so he's more comfortable in the defense and what they're asking him to do that he's taking those opportunities and those chances. He's know he's going to get targeted, and so he's there. He's making plays, and, and that's huge for him. I, I believe that you know when you have a top-notch corner like Jalen Ramsey on one side, the other guy is going to get targeted. The other two guys, obviously Troy Hill, is, is going to get his work in the slot as well. But Darius is doing a, a, a phenomenal job on the outside, forcing teams now to make them funnel to the tight end and the running backs. And, and even though Seattle had a couple matches where they had him on DK Metcalf, which the Rams probably didn't want that, 
uh, Russell Wilson was getting so much pressure that he didn't have time to notice it. So the back end and the front end, they're working hand in hand, which is awesome. And it's allowing everyone to make plays and they're going to need it uh, come Monday night. All right, let's go there next. From Russell Wilson, the Seahawks to Tom Brady and a new team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They scored on nine straight possessions, did not punt last week in Carolina on their way to 46 points. DeMarco, how about this? Would you rather have the Seattle skill group or the Tampa Bay skill group? I mean, Metcalf, Lockett, Moore, and Seattle's tight ends, or Evans, Godwin, Brown, and the combo of Gronk and Brait at tight end for Tampa Bay? So we're not counting running backs at skill? Because I like Ronald Jones. If I can add Ronald Jones to that mix on either side, I think I'd be okay. But I wouldn't mind picking second. Yeah. Yeah. If that tips your scales that you would take Rojo over Chris Carson, though, I mean, I know he didn't play. Uh, a healthy Rampton, Chris so, Carson, but... different. Uh, but absolutely. But uh, either way, it's it's die fast, die slow. I mean, and both quarterbacks are really, really good. Mike Evans, good one. And then you add in Antonio Brown, who at one point was the best receiver in the game. And then you look at Mike Evans uh, of that draft class. He's the best of that great group. So and Godwin is a guy that just keeps making plays. And when you add Tom Brady to the mix, that could hit every throw on the field with precision time and time again. And he's locked in. I mean, wow, they're dangerous, man. I mean, look, if you thought pressure on Russell Wilson was paramount, pressure on Brady is even more important. Now, I'll say this. I think this could be a game where Staley gets after him with four because there is no run threat from Tom Brady. So some of those escape routes uh, that mm-hmm. you saw Russell Wilson eke out of, Brady's not going to make it through. So. I think you're going to have to devote devote seven or more just to covering up these guys. And I didn't even mention Rob Gronkowski yet. I mean, that's that's a dangerous guy. He's headed to Canton. So a lot of weapons plus Tom Brady. I mean, look, Aaron's going to have to be special. Floyd's going to have to be Floyd. But it's going to be tough to keep a lid on this offense for four quarters. Maurice, it is an interesting juxtaposition week to week. You go from Russell Wilson, who will extend plays and pirouette and, and do some just remarkable, unique things to – the purest pocket passer that's left in the game who drops back um, straight back and just lives from the pocket, but he won't hold on to it nearly as long. Well, you know what? That, that's the difference, JB. I, I think he's holding on longer than he was in New England. In New England, it was one, two, three, the ball was out. Uh, in Tampa Bay, they're trying to go those, you know, intermediate 10 to 15, 12 yard routes to deeper, right? So they're going to use some play action pass there. But uh, I think this is an opportunity for, like uh, DeMarco said, for you to rush for and get home. Right. If they're running these routes down the field, if they're going um, 10, 12 yards, you're asking this this offensive line to be able to block Aaron Donald, uh, double team or whatever. Leonard Floyd, someone's going to get singled up is going to have an opportunity to hit Brady. And if you will look at what the Saints did, even though they're a divisional uh, foe, they hit Tom Brady the whole game. I mean, he was picking himself up off the ground. He was getting frustrated. They were blocking up man to man uh, Gronkowski with uh, Malcolm Jenkins. So that may be something that. John Johnson the third has that's your, that's your matchup this week, right? Like hmm. Malcolm Jenkins did it. If you want this type of money, here goes. It's your opportunity to do it. Um, but they just beat this team up, and so I think if you're if you're the Rams, that's what you want to do. You're hoping that your front four, maybe your front five, can get pressure the same way they did on on Russell Wilson, and have him have his eyes down looking at the rush and not at these weapons that Demarco talked about: Mike Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, and others running around there. And so the other thing is this. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they want to run the ball if you allow them to. They want to. But if you but if you stop the run early, they will abandon the run immediately, right? Like, they go in with good intentions, like, hey, we want to run the ball 20 times. But if you stop the run early, similar to what the Saints did, 
all of a sudden they will throw the ball every play, which fits into what the Rams want you to do, right? With your pass rush and the guys on the back end, that fits into So if they stop the run early, it may be one of those games where Ronald Jones only gets, you know, four or five carries and Leonard Fournette may get two and the rest are, you know, pass plays. So, you know, you mentioned stopping the run early for Tampa's offense, but what about the Rams offense, right? Because it was after, after a tough Miami uh, week in week eight, Jared Goff and the offense, they did bounce back. Last week, we saw them do a great job against the Seahawks, but they're facing another tough Bucks defense on Monday. And I would actually kind of compare what the Bucks do to what Miami did. Um, Maurice, I'll keep you going. How, how do you see the Rams offense kind of finding their rhythm at this point of the season? Well, I don't think the Dolphins stopped the uh, Rams running game. I just think the Rams decided not to run the ball, right? They, they were like, we're getting these exotic blitzes. We can hit them. <laughs> we don't need one. to run it. Even <laughs> though each running back was at, uh, like had a 10-plus yard run there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that happens sometimes. Like sometimes you just get caught up in the in it and you can't, you know, pull yourself out. Um, this game, is it's, it's imperative and it's, it's very important for the Rams to run the ball. You have to run the ball and get these guys going sideways. You have to allow your offensive line to go forward because they have, similar to what you have, they have something similar. They have two guys on the outside that can get to the quarterback. You have Sue in the middle. Good, you know, and I don't know, I never want to talk about injuries, but if Beta Via was there, that would have been an issue, right? So you don't have to worry about that horse coming out of uh, Washington. You don't have to worry about him, which is a good thing. So you can run the ball. It opens up the play-action pass. And as we saw, even against Seattle – uh, where they were one of the top running uh, teams against the run, you were still able to get gashes, and it opened up your whole playbook. So stick to that and try to be, I would say, 55-45 pa- uh, run the pass just in this situation because these dudes, uh, even though their back end isn't as special as some of the other teams you've played against, uh, i.e. the Dolphins, they can still get there and make plays on the ball. For sure. And, DeMarco, I mean, those numbers, you mentioned it, uh, the Jared threw for 355 yards and the Rams ran for 131 yards on the ground. They still lost that game against Miami. Miami did prepare on defense for Jared in this offense. So DeMarco, you know, do we need to be worried about the Bucks defense as well heading into this game? Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, be worried. I mean, up front, they're as tough as anybody. Tough, strong, Sue. Uh, we know about him. Golston is another guy they bring in off the bench sometimes, and he is just a monster. Uh, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, they actually have listed as a linebacker, which is a farce. He's a defensive end, and he plants himself on that right side. He's tough. Shaq Barrett is a linebacker. He is tough to move. So they're good against the run. And I didn't even mention their linebackers. Levante David is a guy that's been there nine years, and he's he's like an oak. He does not move. And then Devin White is just a budding superstar. So running the football traditionally – as in Jared Goff takes it, hands it to whatever running back, that's going to be tough. That's been almost impossible against anybody against Tampa. Now, if you can go ahead and borrow Alvin Kamara, you may have you know, some, some, some ways to get them out of, that, out of those looks. New Orleans really made them pay for it. But for the Rams and Sean McVay, you're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to find other ways to manufacture a run game uh, to keep the clock moving and to move the football against them uh, on this defense. Uh, the last thing you want is to try to run it up the gutter off tackle and it goes for no gain or a tackle for loss. And then you put all the pressure on Jared Goff down there versus them on Monday night. It'll be a turkey shoot. So it's up to Sean McVay and whoever's carrying the rock to be productive, bounce off a few, make some plays if you can, but you have got to create a running game so you can create play action passing to get the ball out. If not, like I said, they've got some good rushers. 
I mean, the key thing is, right, JB? I mean, we didn't even talk about it, but Andrew Whitworth, I mean, he suffered a torn MCL and some damage to his PCL in the first half of the Seattle game. I mean, the air left the room. He's expected to miss at least six to eight weeks, hopefully be back by the end of the season. But what a loss that is to the Rams overall, right, JB? Uh, indeed, but um, I have to commend Sean McVay for the way that his group um, regrouped at halftime. And that 88-yard drive to begin the third quarter with Note Boom really getting his first opportunity at left tackle was impressive. And I, I think it put the game away. Now, this week, it's a little bit different task uh, for Boom because he's got his choice of Shaquille Barrett or JPP, who DeMarco already talked about. Um, those guys respectively led the NFL in sacks last year and are up there with, with I think, eight this year. So, uh, a whole different test, and and the down and distance matters. They were moving the ball at will seemingly against Seattle. You don't want to get in any of those known passing situations with uh, a green left tackle. All right, let's get to Thursday night football because this is pretty unique. Uh, we do this show every Thursday morning, oftentimes with a blind eye to whatever the Thursday night game is. But tonight, it's an NFC West showdown. The Seahawks coming off that loss at SoFi Stadium, home to face the Arizona Cardinals off a Hail Mary win. Uh, this is breaking news. It's no longer CenturyLink Field, everyone. Apparently, it's renamed Lumen Field. So <laughs> Lumen Field, the site for this one, Thursday Night Football. Wow. But my question is, who do the Rams want to win this game? Who should the Ramley be rooting for here? Wow. Uh, Arizona? Because? I mean, I, the, the, the more distance you can put between yourself and Seattle and Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, great. Doesn't it help that we beat Seattle though? Like, I don't know. I'd rather take the, like, I'd rather root for Seattle. Cause like we got you and you're on a downhill fall. Arizona's like, they're feeling good right now. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I think either way is going to be good for the Rams. I, like I, like I said last week, I believe the Rams in the down the stretch, they match up well against every opponent. I think still to this day, as good as the Cardinals are, the Rams, they fit in exactly what the Rams want to do offensively and defensively. And so, to me, I think it, you you want the Cardinals to win to kind of put that separation between you and Seattle. And then you get to play the Cardinals twice, get an opportunity to beat them twice, and then you kind of cemented yourself as a top team in the NFC West. And similar to last week, I, I truly believe, like, this game for the Rams is probably the toughest game. The rest of them are going to be similar to what we saw uh, against Seattle. You know, I was playing around on 538, one of these sites that can like let you pick the outcome of games and it will update playoff odds and division odds in real time. Surprisingly, this game has no impact whatsoever. Really? Like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't particularly matter. Um, I err on the side of the Cardinals only because I think Seattle's schedule the rest of the way gives them a nice path to rip off a, a handful of victories before the Rams see them again. So uh, coin flip, I guess. All right. We saw Jalen Ramsey take away DK Metcalf. Who do you think his featured matchup will be this week? Does he travel? Does he go one-on-one -on -one with one of the Bucks' wideouts, or will he play more of that hybrid st uh, star role? Whew. Uh, I'll say this. A couple years ago when he was in Jacksonville, they played the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they put A.J. Bouye on Antonio Brown for the first quarter and a half, and Antonio Brown went crazy. And they flip-flopped and put Jalen on him, and he shut him out pretty much. I think he had one catch after that. So if you're nervous that Antonio Brown is starting to get his feet wet and get back going, I would then just lock him up on him and force them to try to get the ball to Mike Evans. And that's being double teamed per se. And then you just have to lock up. Uh, someone's just going to have to single up Godwin in that situation. Uh, if you don't think Antonio Brown is a guy, I would put Jalen on Mike Evans 
because they're going to try to force feed Mike Evans down the stretch. He's been, you know, like receivers do. He's been upset. He hasn't been getting the ball as much as he's wanted. And so uh, I think you put Jalen on him and then you make sure whoever's on Antonio Brown, you have to have a safety over the top because he's our deep threat now. Right. Uh, and then obviously, again, you single Godwin up with whoever you decide to, to do that with. Uh, I'm making a star in the air because that's that star coverage, which means I think Jalen's going to move depending on who's getting hot. So if you're shutting down Mike Evans, and like you said, Antonio Brown gets hot, I, I might see Jalen Ramsey shuffle over to him to cool off who's ever hot. But w- when you go back to Seattle and think, uh, Troy Hill on blitzes, nickel blitzes, right? Who would have thunk it? I wouldn't be surprised if they brought Jalen Ramsey this week because that'll be the last thing they expect. They think he's going to go and lock up Mike Evans. And next thing you know, when the ball snapped, here comes 20 towards the quarterback. He has done that, and he's pretty good at it. So I think depending on situation, depending on how the other guys are doing against the other guys, you may start to see him travel. Hmm. I'm worried about their two tight ends, honestly. We haven't mentioned Kronk. We haven't mentioned Cameron Brait, who's had a great game against uh, Carolina coming off of a touchdown. and I, I don't know how many yards he had. I have to go back and look, but I would not sleep on Cameron Bray. I think they could run a 12 personnel in this situation, take advantage of, you know, what this defense is showing. I don't know. I'm scared of Gronk. I have never seen him stopped. Right. Seriously. Every time, every time the Rams line up against him, I've never seen him stop. He yeah. always finds a way to make big plays. They need to watch Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins did a phenomenal job. I mean, literally was in his face all day, played off coverage, played press, but he was all over him. And so, Again, we, we talk about this, and th- this is why I love Brandon Staley's defense. This is why I love Wade Phillips' defense. If you want to make some money, guess what, baby? Guess what, JJ? You got you Gronk. Got him. You can go ahead and lock this thing up <laughs> in the offseason. That's what you can lean on. You're going to get paid if you lock him up. Like It's mano y mano. And if, if that's what you want, and, and this is what, as every player, we all want that. DeMarco, you wanted those one-on-ones so you can make plays and get money. Like We all wanted that, right? Yeah an opportunity for your players to show up and say hey i locked up gronk one-on-one i locked up this person one-on-one and if you do your job the rams win like we said yesterday or last week Jalen ramsey your job was to shut down dk metcalf you do that we have a great chance to win not to brag but i did show up last week when it came to our fantasy Stop. <laughs> just want to let y'all know put some respect on the name gosh reynolds wow. showed up for me uh he had eight receptions 94 yards both single career game highs so i'm just gonna start with our fantasy picks um this was a toss-up i because i was comparing this game more to like a miami defense game you know you saw robert woods who had a rushing touchdown and he had two touchdowns but one was a rushing touchdown you know, I just look at this Bucks defense and I think, hey, they're statistically not as good in the red zone as far as defending the red zone coverage. So I'm kind of looking at Malcolm Brown this week. I think that he's going to maximize on this opportunity. He's coming off of a big game against Seattle. So Mally Cat, come on, show up again. Let's go. Mm. Uh, Maurice, you're smiling at me, so go ahead. Come at I'm going to ride this cup train. I, I think Cooper Cup in the slot, right? Like, and this is what I'm talking about. Down the stretch, the Rams are playing uh, guys that don't have really good players in the slot. I think he may get covered by Dean, possibly uh, for Tampa Bay. Uh, if not, it doesn't matter. Whoever that person is is not going to follow Cup in the slot. And I, I think, again, we're starting to see Cup get more and more uh, plays drawn up for him. 
Uh, I think that him and Jared are getting on the same page. I know he's a little banged up, but uh, this is another game. If they expect to win in the passing game, it has to be quick passes and Cooper Cup across the middle running his option route is going to be huge. All right, DeMarco. There's two of you back there. You only get one pick, though. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, You know what? This might be a farcical or a crazy pick. Um, I'm going to go Gerald Everett. I think Gerald Everett and his versatility. Uh, Look, if you're trying to line up and just beat Todd Bowles' defense, Tampa Bay's defense, straight up, you've got no chance, really. But it seems like the tweener types, the guys that – you don't know if it's a run blocker or a pass receiver. The, the, the Alvin Kamaras of the world. Uh, those guys give Tampa trouble. So that seems to be your best matchup problem is Gerald Everett, bringing him in in 12 or lining him up at fullback and letting him skirt through against those linebackers again. So I'll go with Gerald Everett. Four catches, but all big plays. Nice pick, DeMarco. I thought long and hard about Everett, too. He scored a touchdown against the Bucks last year, but I'm going even farther out on that limb against Tom Brady and this Buccaneers offense. Give me defense and special teams. Give me all of that smoke. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Staley. And it's not just the defense. It's new kicker Matt Gay, who's a former Buccaneer. He's going to be right at home at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. He killed the Rams last year. Two for two with field goals, a 58-yarder, all seven of his extra points. Uh, welcome to the Rams, new kicker Matt Gay. Go get him this week. And that's going to do it for our week 11 edition of Between the Horns as well. Serena, DeMarco, MJD, thank you all. Have a great rest of your morning. Uh, Can't wait for Monday Night Football. 515 is the kickoff. You can watch it locally here in Los Angeles, ABC7, also ESPN as always. And make sure you stay up to date on all things Rams by downloading the Rams app. Thanks for tuning in to Between the Horns. We'll see you next week.